Good morning, and welcome back to the Living Every Now podcast. My name is Jake, and my name is Will. How you doing this morning? Did you tone it down like two notches? Okay, Jake, come on, sorry. man. How you doing, come on, man? How you doing? I'm excited. I feel great today. I'm glad you're excited. I'm excited too. How are you doing today, actually? Fantastic. Wonderful. I walked outside this morning. The birds were chirping. The weather was nice. Real feel like 48 degrees. Beautiful. Nice. Anyway, what we're talking about today is really important. Well, what is it? <laughs> it is um, the power of sleep. Like as in going to bed at night? <laughs> like sleeping every night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, I think I subscribed to the whole hustle culture thing for a while where sleep is for the week. Like sleep five hours a night because I'd rather be alive like working on something. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. So I think I subscribed to that for a long time. And then I struggled, I think, in comparison to where I'm at now. Okay. So I changed some habits because I saw something online, and I will get into that. I saw this video, and it scared the fuck out of me because I have very little things in this life that I'm very scared of, and two of them are Alzheimer's and dementia. And <laughs> I'm super, super scared of getting both Alzheimer's and dementia. And I that's what puts you on this path? That's what put me on this path okay. of sleeping more. Okay. So I, in my research of how to prevent, there was probably, probably like two years ago, I found this video. I mean, it came out in 2019. Um, but this guy talking, it's a TED Talk. And it's a guy talking uh, named Matt Walker. Oh, I actually know this guy. Yeah, he was on Rogan and he wrote the book called Why We Sleep, right? Oh, I don't know actually. I didn't know his really like his background, but I've okay, s- yeah. I was rewatching his video this morning to have the refresher, but awesome. I watched this like 2 years ago, a year and a half ago and it really changed my life because of this fear that you have that hopefully this contextualizes the story that I had this fear that drove me to this video and then the video then was like hey Jake you don't sleep enough okay so anyway I was living an unhealthy lifestyle I was in the studio I was working from 6 p.m to 3 a.m sometimes then an hour train ride home and then at 10 40 the next day at school um so I would and then that was 3 a.m was a good night it was sometimes 7 a.m 8 a.m 9 a.m on a bad day and so when I had the, and, and then the other thing was I had, uh, daytime shifts as well. So I would have no consistency in the sleep. Your circadian rhythm was, was all so fucked up. fucked up. Yeah. So fucked up. So, so I would, this is kind of an aside, but is it common in the music world to, you know, be working all through the night or like, was that just specific to your studio or what? Um, it's pretty common. Most people get a lot done at, in the middle of the night for some reason sessions like especially a lot of famous rappers which is the clientele i was dealing with <laughs> they were they uh don't even start recording until like 11 a.m okay i want to come back to this later in the conversation okay. about like how sleep ties into the creative process yeah and like why it's so prevalent for them to stay up late even though what you're about to tell us is that you'll be more creative and more productive if you get sleep i think so yes okay keep going so anyway so i had this series of bad habits Here's why my habits change. Let me get into this conversation. Alan or Matt Walker opens up the TED Talk with, I want to start with testicles, the quote unquote. And everybody laughs and he's like, no, seriously. 
Men who sleep five hours a night have significantly smaller testicles than those that sleep seven or more. First fact. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> then he goes, in addition, men who sleep four to five hours a night have a level of testosterone of a man 10 years their senior. So but just by sleeping less each night, you're, you're aging yourself as a man 10 years ahead of yourself in an in a, in a attribute that most people would consider pretty important testosterone. Um, he said that the, the study that he's done reflect an equivalent impair, impairment in female reproductive health so that, um, you know, lack of sleep is just bad in general for this, this moment. I think he was using testicles as like a grabber to grab everybody's attention. I think it worked. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm for listening. sure. For sure. Right. Um, he's, he goes into talk about how sleep before learning is actually really important too. For a long time, sleep after learning was considered really important to uh, more or less save the information that we learn. But preparing your brain for learning is also equally important, he was saying. Um, sleep kind of acts as fuel for our hippocampus, which will then store information appropriately. Um, this is why we're, you see where we're going. We're getting into memory. And this is all about dementia, Alzheimer's. At the core metaphysics of it all, if we don't have a soul, which I'm not sh really, I'm unsettled on, honestly, I don't really know where I stand there, but I know a lot of me is represented in my brain. And as soon as I start losing that function, I feel like I'm losing me. And that's why it scares me so much. You're kind of like dead, but alive. Exactly. And I don't, I'd rather be dead, like oft. I would not, I don't want to be a shelled version of myself out there in the world. And I tell all my close friends, like, please, please off me, please help me off myself or something. If that ever happens to me, hopefully I change, I have good habits and I don't end up like that, but we don't know. Not everything's conclusive that we know now. We don't know enough about these things yet. Um, so he continues his conversation talking, the crowds in awe, shock factor 10. <laughs> and he goes aging and dementia. It's no secret as you age, our learning and memory abilities decline right? But he's done studies that what he's found um, and discovered is that, uh, is that <laughs> my, I'm trying to read my handwriting and I'm struggling. <laughs> is that as people, more sleep last night. Right, right. Is that as people age, their sleep health worsens, specifically their deep sleep cycles. So he found that, uh, he finally published actually um, in 2018 that these two things were not only um, co-occurring, but significantly interrelated. So the fact that we suffer from deep sleep cycle disruption literally causes disruptions in our learning and our memory abilities. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so then he, he goes on even further to say the disruption of deep sleep is an underappreciated factor in aging, and most recently we, dis we discovered Alzheimer's and dementia as well. So this was pretty conclusive for me. Enough, enough for somebody to have spent a lot of time researching and doing uh, clinical trials and testing their theories on people for, for them to come away with this information is enough for me to immediately change my habits. So I went away from the studio. I got a regular like um, nine to five type job where I was working for a set time and... I 
had more consistency in that area of my life. And then from there, I was able to do some things that I would highly recommend to anybody that's trying to get into a better sleep cycle anyway. And we can, we can get into that, but I basically have steps to help you. Okay. So talk to me about the transition from the job at the studio where you were working late nights to the nine to five job. Did you immediately feel a difference? Almost immediately. It was, and how did that manifest? I, I just was a zombie. I was a zombie walking around as a person and it was clear to me that sleep was a part of it. It now I don't, I wouldn't trade what I did ever. I think all of it was necessary. And I think if you're going to put yourself through a grind culture for a time, you have to realize that that time is finite. I was reaching my limits as far as how far I could push my physical body. As soon as I get the nine to five, the consistency causes me to be able to sleep more consistently and thus I'm happier. My immune system is more healthy. I get sick way less often. I have better results in the gym. I have better sex. I, 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 I can't like, there's so many different areas of my life that were positively affected by just getting regular sleep. Um, and then we, we've talked about this too. I think we kind of, I don't know if you had such a bad sleep schedule before, but I know we talked about this similarly, similarly at the same time and or around the same time. And we talked about setting a hard bedtime for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. For, I, for me, I was more of a hard wake up time. Okay. Because if I woke up at the same time every day, uh-huh. if I'd only gotten three hours of sleep that night, that means I'd be really, really tired this following night and I'd fall asleep early. Right. And something about waking up at the exact same time every day and letting your body get used to that for months at a time, you wake up easier in the morning and you don't feel groggy. Totally. And you want to go to bed at you know, the same time every night. So the consistency for me is what was important and not necessarily like the length of time I slept. Right. I've, I've always slept, you know, decently well for, you know, all of college. I went to bed probably like 10, 30 or 11, unless I was, you know, out on a weekend or something. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with that. I think setting the, I think setting the morning time is more important. And I heard this before, I think it was on Modern Wisdom or something, but it's basically a punishment to yourself. And when you stay up late yeah, and you, you know what you're getting into because mm-hmm. you have a set wake up time every morning. You have to be super disciplined with it because it's easy to say like, oh, you know, last night was fun. We stayed up till 3 a.m. So I'm going to give myself a pass tomorrow morning right. and then wake up at 10. And then it just throws off your whole cycle. Yeah. No, it's, it's crucial that you actually wake up on time. And it, I think it's part of building consistent habits, all of it. There's, there's so many um, different things that are affected kind of domino wise. Yeah, if you could lock down your sleep, it makes it so much easier to have a morning routine, which makes it so much easier for you to have good days, which makes it so much easier for you to be consistent in achieving whatever goals you're trying to set out right. to achieve. Right. So there's there's a couple steps. I want to get into it a little formally so that you have a takeaway from this episode. Go for it. That like I'm no sleep doctor, but these things have impacted my life substantially okay. and made it better. So First is setting a wake up time, like you're saying. Um, the there's there's another quote. <laughs> I'm, I'm butchering it, but your tomorrow starts tonight is basically the quote. And so, and, and I think it came from people talking about um, planning your next day. 
but when, with that, there's like morning and night routines in the nighttime routine, you should be planning out your next day and getting ready for bed. And that goes into the next step, which is kind of landing the plane. You're not going to be immediately ready for sleep as soon as you're just done doing things. So what you need to do is set a certain time before you plan on going to bed that is kind of rest mode. I'm, I'm gearing up for sleep. You have to think about preparing your brain for sleep. We, we spend all day stimulated, reading or on our computer or talking with friends or making things. We, are, we live super stimulated lives and especially our phones are in the way a lot. And when you can set a time before you're supposed to sleep that you have none of that and you're just focused on getting ready for bed. And I like to, what I like to do is just read a paperback book and that feels like I'm resting in kind of deplaning. Okay. I know we've talked about this before. I don't know about yeah. you mentioned it on the podcast, but do you let yourself read certain genres? Cause like I can't read nonfiction before I go to bed. Okay. So I, I won't remember any of it. I used to, I used to read nonfiction before I went to bed. I, what I will say is I switched to reading fiction before bed and I think it's much better because nonfiction spurs a lot of thoughts for me. Mm-hmm. That I'll I'll think of an idea or something, yeah. And people or th- always joke that like reading will put you to sleep because it's boring, and it is true. I don't know if it's because it's boring, but if I read for half an hour, I'm like tired. No, like, no, for ah, sure, for sure. Especially I don't need to read any more pages. It's, it's, I'm going to it's, bed. It's almost like reading helps me identify when I'm tired. I oh, think yeah, I, because I, you're not being stimulated. It's exact. work to do it, and then as soon as it becomes so much work that your brain's like, I don't know if this is worth it. You know, you just, you'd give up and you fall asleep. Exactly. At 9.30 exactly. at night. <laughs> and you don't have the same trigger that watching Hulu does. Like Hulu makes you want to keep staying up. Yeah. And because reading is work, it's good work. But because it's work, I think we're kind of hitting that on the head that it helps you identify that I'm really tired actually. Whereas Hulu is like keeping you awake. And you could stay up way past the time that your body actually needs the sleep to get. Um, okay, so so before ba- we move on, okay, two yeah. things there. Um, do you have set rules for electronics in your nighttime routine? I was just, I was just going there. Okay. Yes. So so phone out of the bedroom. This is completely important. out of the bedroom. Out of the bedroom. Okay. So at a certain time each night, the phone goes out of the bedroom, and I. It's easy to make that the same time as the deplane phase or gearing up for a sleep phase because it's just a nice trigger, Marshall Goldsmith, to get all of these things. Like, like I think the trigger is like taking a shower, and then after the shower, all of these things are out of the bedroom. So if you have the shower at the same time at eight every night, for example, you have two hours before you're 10 and then you wake up at six, you have eight hours of sleep, right? Mm-hmm. And you have two hours where you're not being stimulated by other stuff. You can stretch in that time and you can read a book and do things you're supposed to do. You know, you should do meditate, that kind of stuff. Um, that, w- that would be ideal. I don't do this every night. I should do this every night. I want to do this every night. It's like, but I, I feel like I cave into stupid distractions a lot. Yeah, especially like if you have a computer in your room, you're not going to move your computer out of your room every night. Right. And I've tried to get people on this train before of getting the the phone out of the bedroom when they go to bed, and they always come back with, my phone is my alarm clock. Oh, done. Go on Amazon. It's $5 to buy a new alarm clock. I promise you it's better than your phone. And also, 
if even if not, this is a much more expensive solution. But the Apple Watch is. I don't you. I don't look at my Apple Watch. I don't watch YouTube on my Apple Watch, and it wakes me up every morning at this the same time that I wish to be up. Um, I think that that's a really good solution for me. I've really enjoyed that versus my alarm clock. Um, but the same tropes, like get the alarm clock across the room so you get up out of bed, and you've heard these things a million times. I hope, <laughs> and and I really it's just all good advice that we we. Think, all know we should follow, but struggle to. I think. I think it's sleep is one of those things where you're the only one holding yourself accountable for, and so you really have to be disciplined in your sleep to make sure you're getting an adequate amount. Let's talk about the benefits, though. I, I, what, what do you have any? Do you have any more um, tools to help you sleep more effectively? Yeah, two of them I can think of off the top of my head is when we were sitting in here prepping for the podcast right before this, I was playing around with your blue light glasses mm-hmm. and I've never used them and you look like a dork when you wear them, but have you found benefit in them? Oh yeah. Okay. So I, I got those for eye strain, but then they're kind of funny, but I did notice that I stopped having so much eye strain. It could be placebo, but, mm-hmm. but I feel like uh, I was just staring at my screen all day. And like, by the time I got to an evening work session, I was feeling a little bit tired in my eyes and those help me in the evening to not feel so tired. And I do feel like it's an easier transition when I do wear them to actually getting to sleep. Okay. And again, it could be placebo regardless. It works. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think yeah, that's interesting. I think it, it makes sense though. Like having the light that's around you simulate almost like a sunset and I wasn't going to bring this up, but lighting is super important. And something I do in my bedroom, I have this little box that plugs into the wall that I plug my lights into. And the box hooks up to the Wi-Fi and it knows what time it is. And I can set a schedule so that I never have to get out of bed to go turn the light off. Um, it, it just slowly fades out at the time I'm supposed to go to bed. And I use it in the morning too to wake me up like a sunrise alarm clock. And it will flash at me at certain times to tell me it's like time to go get in the shower or it's time to start your workout or it's time to start your meditation or whatever. So I use it as kind of a morning and evening routine tracker. Um, And it's been really useful for me just to prompt me every night. I don't have to put any input into it. Once it's set up, it just turns on and off at the right times. That's that's really nice. I think that that's really important. I'd use lighting a lot to as triggers, like you're saying, um, definitely in the morning it wakes me up. I have a, I have the Philips light bulb in this, uh, we, I have a standing lamp next to my bed, um, that I'm pointing to right now, <laughs> video coming soon. And, and it is set on routines via my phone. So as soon as I put my phone away, I have to set the routines each night, which is really annoying. Oh, that sucks. It is really annoying, but it does, it is effective in like fading out from 9.50 to 10 p.m. when I know I'm supposed to be finishing my reading um, and then waking me up at 6.30 every morning. It turns on at 6.30 every morning. The hue is frustrating because I have to set that manually as well and I don't like mm. yellow lights. <laughs> we talked about this the yeah, other night. I'm sure there's some sort of like automations in the shortcuts app or something that sets it or That's something. exactly what I was thinking. I think that's the next step of my uh, your, life. Your home automation <laughs> process. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right, well, um, one more thing yeah, is um, 
talk to me about caffeine. I know you sometimes oh, good one. Yeah. Will, you know, will drink caffeine in the afternoon and that'll fuck you up or, yeah. you know, how do you manage your obsessive desire to drink coffee and also go to bed at a decent time? <laughs> yeah. So I love coffee. I, it's funny for years I had zero caffeine. I, from like 12 to eight, 19, I had none. Were you a Mormon? No, I just read Tim Tebow's book. <laughs> Tim Tebow doesn't have caffeine? No, no. Good it was him. just about like I was trying to be the best athlete I possibly could and it, it, there was something in there and that book about how caffeine builds up dependencies and throws off some metabolic something and I was like, oh, never. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it wasn't until like my third final session in college that I was like, I need a Red Bull right now. And then I had to go to the doctor actually because I had two Red Bulls after not having caffeine for six years or seven years. Two Red Bulls like messed you up? Yeah, my eye wouldn't stop twitching for a week. <laughs> <laughs> my right eye had to go to the doctor and I was like, what's going on? She's like, have you had caffeine? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> have you ever had it before? I was like, kind of not. Um, but anyway, so when I started working a job and school full time, I felt the need to introduce caffeine again into my life as a morning uh, thing. And how do you feel about that? I think it's pretty shitty. <laughs> I feel like a wimp. Do you feel dependent on it? No, but because I like it so much. Like I just, <laughs> if you like it, no, it's not a dependency. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I love cocaine. I'm not dependent on it at all. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, heroin's great, man. I'm not dependent on that. Anyway, um, no, I just come, I came to appreciate the flavor of coffee so much that I actually just enjoy coffee. I think I would drink decaf still, but I do also like the little jolt I get from caffeine. Mm -hmm. Either way, I don't think, and, and there's, there's heart benefits of caffeine. There's health benefits of caffeine. If you look into it a little bit and also in, in not incredible doses, like you shouldn't exceed like 200 milligrams of caffeine each day. I, I think. think one cup of coffee is around 50 to 80, depending on how strong it is. Yeah. So and like so, yeah. Four and to three cups of coffee. Yeah, exactly. Four to three. Yeah. Or yeah. three to four, depending on <laughs> four to three. you count up or down like a normal <laughs> human being. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Will. <laughs> either way, either way, I started introducing cold brew into my day. When you start in introducing caffeine, it's crucial that you stop drinking caffeine um, basically 10 hours before you want to be asleep. So for me, I want to be asleep at 10 and I need to stop drinking caffeine every day by 12. I need to make sure I don't have any caffeine. Now this, the, you know, there's, there's um, outliers. Some days I have it, some days I don't. Um, but 99% of the time, it's, it's, I don't have a sip after 12 p.m. And that, that's because uh, caffeine has a five-hour half-life. So by the time 10 hours has rolled around, you have a quarter of it in your system and you can actually sleep regularly. Um, but anything more than that is a struggle for you to sleep. It's altering your ability to sleep at that point. And you, it's, it's past the point of being like, wow, like stimulated. You, you just kind of have it residually in your system and you don't really notice it, but you... And you'll like maybe even feel tired, but can't go to sleep. A lot of people will say that. Um, that's because you're drinking caffeine too late in the day. Mm. Yeah. All of this seems super obvious. It is. But again, it's one of those things where if you don't self-analyze and yeah. you don't hold yourself accountable, because you're the only person that has to hold yourself accountable again with this. That's kind of where I was going. Like it's easy to know what the solution is, but find almost excuses to not do them. Like, mm -hmm. oh, my job, I have to be up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the real benefits of sleep 
other than the health benefits and the dementia and Alzheimer's and immune system is definitely the consistency in your life. And I think that that's super underrated just for happiness in general, like knowing what your days are going to look like and knowing that when you go to bed, it's time to go to bed and kind of that decision being out of your hands because you made it previously and you just, you just follow the steps now. Yeah. And I, and I love that. I love that. And I love you for that. Cause we, that's the title of this episode. Sleep is for the consistent and consistency is one of the most underrated and uh, I think under like people don't have consistency more than they have inspiration and they have creativity. Consistency is one of the most lacking attributes I think of successful people or, or sorry, sorry. It's the most lacking attributes of people, but it's the most common in successful people is the most consistent usually are the most successful. And that's because of the things we've talked about already where, where, time is actually the biggest factor and dedication over that time is the, is the biggest factor. So if you can stay consistent the longest, then you're probably going to have the best edge in, in anything that you do. So sleep and having your routine where you wake up the same every day and you have a morning routine, you have a nightly routine where you go to bed at the same time every day, you're, you're giving yourself the same fuel every day to start your day. Um, by, by resting each, each, each evening, recharging your brain, getting it ready to fire on all pistons, you really can, over the long run, really separate yourself from the competition, I feel. And, and you know, not that it's about that, but just in your own personal development, like I was saying, I was happier. I was more fulfilled. I was more present. I was able, there, my, my mental fog was way down. I was able to uh, process the moment more effectively. I was able to be more present because I was sleeping more. Um, and it's, it's kind of counterintuitive. There's something right. definitely to the value of letting previous you make a decision because then you don't have to make the decision every, every morning. Like that's the point of a morning routine is you don't have to decide what to do every morning. You're just going to do the routine. And there's definitely a dichotomy where you can go too far and you mm-hmm. lose spontaneity, mm-hmm. which is important. And that's a balance you have to strike, of course. But in general, I would say most people are unstructured. And you should you should add structure until it becomes a problem. And then, you know, yeah. dial it back to have some so, spontaneity. So that's actually something that is important, too. I'm glad you brought up. Because I've been sometimes too disciplined with my sleep. And then not allowed myself to have fun sometimes. And and I think that's something you have to decide for yourself. And you're going to have, you know, we get into these, these kind of mindsets where we make decisions for ourselves a while back, like you're saying, and then we don't have to make the decision moving forward. And then we're kind of out of practice. I feel when the, when the time comes, when we're like, oh my gosh, you know, it's nine 30, I'm supposed to go to bed soon, but I'm out with this girl. You know, what do I do? And I know that 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 kind of seems crazy, but you're just out of practice of making that decision because you don't make that decision every morning. You have that rule. And so when you get in a situation like that, I've actually been on both sides of the spectrum where I've gone home literally because it it was almost my bedtime and I felt really stupid. I felt really stupid when I went home, but I've also stayed out and that's been a fun time too. So I guess you just kind of have to decide when you're supposed to make the decision when you're not. And, and I think that my heuristic for the most part is just to, if, if the majority of my days are spent sleeping well, and I 
because I don't go out with girls all the time. Like I go out rarely when I do go out and I'm having a good time and it happens to be past my bedtime. I think that's okay. Is is kind of where yeah. my my storyline lies. <laughs> you don't make rules for yourself to to limit yourself. You make rules for yourself because you think it's gonna make your life better. Right. And if you get in a situation where the rule doesn't make your life better, obviously don't follow it. I think that's a little that's a little like that's not the full picture of what happens in that situation, I think. I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. But I think I think again, like it's important to have balance in your life. And you set rules for yourself so that you are doing the right thing the majority of the time. No, nobody's perfect. And you're not going to hit your marks every single time. But if you, can, if you can switch your life to hit them the vast majority of the time, you're going to receive the benefit, I, I feel. And so I think it's, some, it's sometimes okay to then, like because you're disciplined in your diet, right? It's okay to have dessert sometimes. But if you had dessert every night, it wouldn't be the same. Like you wouldn't have that discipline and you and you wouldn't even value dessert the same, I don't think. So I don't, yeah. know, I don't know. That's kind of my where I come from when I say that. Okay. I got a question about naps. How do you Ooh. feel about naps? Fuck naps. Don't ever take them. Also, fuck sleeping pills. Don't ever take those either. Because I feel like naps and sleeping pills both throw off your rhythm, your your sleep rhythm. Hmm. And so and and so I think my general rule is I don't take naps. Again, there's outliers. I've taken a nap before in my life. What is his name? Christian Walker? Uh, Matt Walker. Matt Walker. Yeah. In his book, he he advocates for naps pretty pretty strongly. Really? Yeah. I I think he says like a 26-minute nap is the the optimal nap or whatever, like a power nap mm -hmm. right after lunch or whatever. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this, I think, ties into diet, which is like a deep conversation that we don't need to get into now. Like the food you have affects your metabolism, and when you eat food is actually sometimes more important than what food you eat. That's true too. You know, eating late at night affects your sleep like dramatically. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm not like opposed to naps. I just, I'm I'm not into them right now. I feel like I get enough sleep at night. I, I'm super against them for Jacob because they don't, they throw off my sleep at night. I, for the longest time, I really struggled to sleep and this was before the studio. I had, I would call it insomnia where I would stay up all night and think and stuff like that. I think things that have helped me get through that are mindfulness, meditation, easing, like quieting my mind. And then also working out during the day, also employing all the techniques that we talked about, um, setting bedtimes, setting wake up times, not taking naps. All of those things have helped me to kind of figure out my perfect sleep concoction and not taking sleeping pills or Tylenol PM ever or anything that makes you drowsy, or melatonin. I refuse to take that. Um, just, you know, I already t- put caffeine in my system. I'm already fucking with myself a little bit. So I don't want to dramatically affect anything else that's going to throw off my sleep, considering how fucking crucial this shit is. Like, mm-hmm. if if you get anything from this episode, it's that sleep is imperative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's imperative for you to to be a functioning human not even a highly functioning human yeah so okay there was a while back in college where i was reading a lot about the sleep cycles of different cultures and for a while like a few hundred years um in europe it was the norm for people to sleep 
at two different times in the day. They would go to bed at like maybe eight, like when the sun went down and then they would wake up around midnight for a few hours and then like everyone would like party for a few night, for a few hours in the middle of the night and then they would go back to bed. And the guy I was reading, I don't remember who it was, but he was arguing that our sleep cycles are more cultural than we think. And a lot of it is based on the sun, of course. But I started to experiment a little bit with what it would be like if I didn't sleep for eight hours in a single chunk. If I was awake for three hours and then slept for one, awake for three hours, slept for one, or um, sleeping for you know, three separate blocks of three hours throughout the day and then being up for most of the night or doing weird stuff with naps and just, I didn't do any of it long enough to, to make it a routine, but I'm, I'm not completely convinced that eight hours from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. is the, the optimal sleep pattern. I, okay, so I, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to get into this because I know we've both been there on that rabbit hole of studying the alternate sleep universe. And, you know, I've seen, cause just because if you look into productivity at all, you're like, how can I maximize 24 hours in a day? That's what, that's the general question we're mm-hmm. trying to answer. So we, we've done things like intermittent fast. Really that's a productivity tool because we don't have to work. We don't have to use time to eat as much. Really, I don't see it as a productivity <laughs> tool. You're you're whack for that, man. <laughs> Either way, I'm min-maxing my food consumption time. Either way, um, like doctors often intermittent fast because they have like 22 hour shifts mm-hmm. or something like that, or 20 hour shifts, and so it's only natural that they eat in one sitting. Any any anyway, um, when you come back to the question of how does that affect sleep, like if you look at certain people, I think I don't want to reference who it was because I'm wrong. <laughs> but I've seen I've heard of people like taking that three one or four one approach, like four four hours on, one hour sleep. And I, I I'm sure it's cultural at some level, but I I genuinely feel that it's a little bit more primordial and I'm sure cultural um uh just setting impacts the sleep cycles because of like what everybody's doing around you. But I think from a primordial level, the sun comes up and goes down and we are not nocturnal. Um, and I think we, ex- we are, our, our bodies want to be awake during the sun's rise and they want to be asleep during the sunset. And when I think anytime we're kind of fudging with that, we're kind of fucking with our own internal clock and even if it is setting based, maybe you do get the f- the same uh, eight hours. I I just know personally from actually working the graveyard shift that it's not the same. Like me sleeping during the day is is not near as fulfilling as it is at night. I think I originally was interested in it because it was contrary to what our culture does, and. I wanted to figure out if I would be more productive when everyone was asleep because no one would be around. Um, and I, I was for a little bit, but it just wasn't sustainable with having classes during the day. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and there's something to be said for that too. It's like we have a society that operates from nine to five for the most part. So, Which is why it's sometimes useful to break that because you want to be detached true. from society in certain true. situations. What I'll say is that some of the most serene time is before everyone's awake 
uh, waking up early versus staying up later than everyone, I think is the way to approach that situation. I feel like waking up at four sometimes is really peaceful, even if that sounds wild um, or waking up at three. I think my dad does that a lot. Like he, he just, he, and he expressed that to me one time. He's not very vulnerable, but he expressed that to me one time that he likes being a, like, he likes being unbothered by the day until like 8 PM. So he, in his mind, he's getting four hours of flow work and before any else, any other fire start throughout the day. Yeah. So, so it's pretty interesting. And I think, I think I love mornings for myself. I love mornings to be with myself and know what's going on in, inside. Um, and it doesn't, it don't, it doesn't feel the same at night. There's something spiritual for me about mornings. I don't know. Do you feel that way at all? No, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I've never felt spiritual about mornings, but I think it's easier to be productive in the morning because you haven't interacted with anyone yet. You're not thinking about other people as much as you're thinking about yourself. And as soon as you interact with someone, you know, they kind of can affect your thought process more. Yeah. Yeah. It's just poetic for me. It's like, you know, it's a start. It's a new beginning. It's fresh. You're unbothered. Like you're saying, the sun is rising. The birds are chirping. It's blissful. Either way. Do you have any, do you have any more contributions? I'm cool to wrap it whenever. Yeah, no, I think this was good. Okay, cool. Sleep is important. Yes, and and for the consistent. If you're listening to this past 10 o'clock at night, turn it off and go to bed. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Yeah. And and the other thing too is I I think the range of sleep is is truly different for everyone. I don't think we all need eight hours. But where, where I thought I needed six to operate and slept four and five and six hours for most of my college when I finally transitioned to sleeping seven and eight, and I probably averaged seven and a half to eight hours now, I just was so much better. I was a, so much better of a person, a friend, a worker, a productivity guy, a creative. On so many different levels, my brain was operating. I was re- remembering things better. I was able to have conversations more f- fluently. <laughs> yeah, we, we never got back to how sleep affects creativity and uh, why sure. that is so broken in most creative scenes, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure we can talk about that on another episode eventually. Yeah, let's get into it another time because I, I think there is something to be said for kind of fucking with your sleep sometimes to to see different stuff. It's almost like mind-altering substances. Okay, well, yeah, we'll leave you with that. Yeah, thank you for, thanks for joining us on this beautiful morning. And uh, if you enjoyed it, please share with a friend. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Livin' Every Now. Find us at livinevernow.com. We have a link to our Discord in the description below. Yeah, and we'll come hang out. Yeah, and we'll uh, link the Alan Alan Watts uh, video. Alan Walker. Alan uh, Walker. His, his name isn't Alan. It's Christopher. Nope. Christopher <laughs> no, Walker no, is no. an actor. No, 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 no. We're doing Alan, this. Alan, Alan, Alan Watts. Watts Matt is Walker. <laughs> Whatever. We're we're gonna link the Matt Walker sleep video from Ted in the description below. You guys can check it out and be scared for your testicles and your dementia bye guys see you next time